Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Saturday show. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning. 97.5 FM DKSL Sports Zone. Michelle's back. I am back. Yeah, how was Greenville? You know what? Surprisingly, I kind of liked oh, it, good. I okay. think. So. Well, not just because of the weather, I'm sure. No, it's actually like really pretty and quaint. I like small towns. Sure. So... I, I was kind of into it, which I could have stayed a little bit longer, maybe explored Obviously. a little bit more, yeah. but I mean, it is what it is. It was great to be there. All right. Well, that's we'll, we'll talk more about that as today's show progresses. That's Michelle. I'm Jake. We got a special guest in studio. We did this a couple weeks ago with Kenneth Scott from the Utes, Ryan Hancock, former BYU quarterback and pitcher, and I don't know what else you play to BYU. You feel like you played every sport known to man. But how are you, Ryan? I'm great. This is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, and I guess I can pull back the curtain on this. When we had Kenneth Scott in studio, you messaged me and said, hey, if you ever want somebody to come in studio, I'm willing to do this. <laughs> oh, no, that's, um, that, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I've been able to dabble a little bit um, on 960, and uh-huh. and I gotten to uh, co-host for I'm not co-host but um do color for baseball and sure. um you know the radio thing is intriguing I was a comms major so um oh, I didn't know that yeah okay no I I didn't do the you know broadcast but um but I, you know I I know the world a little bit well okay you played professional sports so I think <laughs> yeah. you understand the whole gist of what we do here sure so. yeah Excited to have you in. We're going to talk a lot. Uh, it's opening weekend for Major League Baseball. Of course, you played for the Cal- then California Angels. Yes. Now, are they still the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or what is the well, name? I don't now? know. Yeah, something along those lines. I, <laughs> um, I still, of course, am you know preferential to the California Angels, but sure. Um, but it works. We'll talk it's just the Angels. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk some BYU football. They had their annual. Um, I call it a spring practice yeah it was a weird deal last night also the alumni game mm-hmm. um we had our first uh ruptured achilles apparently oh. last oh, night no. yes i know it was like the last 30 seconds yeah. of everything apparently. max hall oh. ruptured his achilles oh, no <laughs> that is horrible. celebrating and of the, all things. the worst part is it's the, it's the edwin diaz from the World yes. baseball classic celebrating he dares it not pl- actually playing yeah that is brutal yeah oh. and yeah i saw them bringing him off the field i was like what's going on he wasn't playing no. um and then then i saw him laying down and they put him on his stomach and oh, they're yeah. looking at his ankle and i'm like 
Uh-oh. That's not good. Oh. <laughs> yep. So uh, best wishes to Max, obviously, for a quick recovery. We'll talk more about that as today's show progresses. But let's get to what we how we start each week. Let's get everybody's highlight of the week. I'm going to actually have Christian start this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss a little wrench in the plan. What's your highlight, Christian? Oh, I had a lot of fun this week. Uh, I got the chance to fill in on the Hans and Scotty show a few times. Okay. So I'd say that was my highlight. I love filling in on the daily show. The Hans and Scotty show was really fun. Plus, uh, I was here when they announced that Hans was going to be doing uh, color for mm-hmm. BYU football. Yep. So that that was a really fun day, a really big, important day for Hans. So it was fun to be here all week. We'll see how fun you like it when you fill in for me in, in the morning with DJ and PK. We'll, we'll, that'll <laughs> One day. That's going to be, that's, that's be the real test. The, the litmus test. <laughs> yeah. All right, Michelle, what you got? Uh I just barely realized like yesterday that mm-hmm. I've been with KSL for a year and this is like hey. our year mark being together like on today? the show. Well, I don't know today today, okay. but like I'm essentially yeah. how it plays Sweet. out. Okay. So yeah, we've been doing this for a year now, Jake. Awesome. Hey, well, wow. happy congratulations. Oh, I know. One year anniversary to us. In a way, like, yes. We okay. Here's the thing: when they Jake and Ben, did you see that poster? I they saw had? the poster. It, it's still right over there, actually. You say, where's our poster? <laughs> it's still. They so they celebrated. Their, they actually made a poster for them. They hung it up here. They tore it down so fast. <laughs> <laughs> which which what was it was their... Jake and Ben? So, okay. the, so they're from ten a to year? noon. Yeah, they celebrated. Yeah, this is, goes back probably six or seven months. That. That's the sign right there. Okay. Literally, it's folded up on the on the floor. It's been sitting there for months. Imagine that. Yeah. They walked in, looked at it, were like, "Oh, this is way too much." Yeah, but good times. Well, hey, awesome for us. That's kind of cool, to actually. If I would have known, here. I would have brought something to yeah. celebrate. I didn't know. Michelle's the one that remembered it last <laughs> so, night of all things. Hey, that's okay. But Ryan, you got a highlight this week? Oh, I mean, I would say absolutely. Seeing old friends and teammates in town sure. yesterday. Um, always, there's a few surprises. Um, couple people that didn't show up that i was hoping to catch but that's mm-hmm. that's fine um but um of course uh see old friends is always a highlight did they have a number of how many byu alumni came back yesterday at all i didn't see a number but okay. um it's bigger every year um and it i'm sure now that there's this excitement around the game and stuff and sure um and obviously kalani's really pushing for for that culture back again and yeah. it'll it'll just continue to grow every every year well, I got to say the highlight of my week is I actually was out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last night. It was actually good weather. It was Oh, yeah, it was outstanding. Like, I was able to, like, walk around and be like, okay, it's dry. I'm uh-huh. watching football. Like, <laughs> it was actually pretty, it was pretty awesome. It was like an October <laughs> yeah. fall, fall day, and I think okay. we would have had an even bigger turnout for sure. A lot of people were happy to watch it at home on sure. TV, and they get a little spoiled, and they're like, <laughs> I, even my daughter and wife were like, we don't know if we're going to come down because it's on TV and it's going to be snowing. And but then, then all of a sudden, the weather turned. I'm like, you, you guys are going to like the weather down yeah. here. You should come down. And so, um, yeah, I think um, all we saw was like the Provo, Utah County people. Um, we, I bet we would have had more like you know northern Utah people come down yeah. if, if they knew the weather was good. Well, see, and th- here's the thing. I left the studio yesterday. I drove actually – I was here uh, getting ready for Salt Lake Bees and whatnot yesterday. I drove straight from the studio down there. And leaving the studio, it was raining slash snowing here. And it, <laughs> I know. And I kept going further south. I got to like Sandy and it went like from wet – to dry roads. Yeah. I'm like, it's always oh, so it's weird. Completely it was changed. such a total Utah <laughs> Rocky Mountain spring day yesterday. Yeah. Those big fluffy snowflakes uh-huh. that make you think that you're in the middle of a snowstorm yep. and then it just melts so fast. And then the sun's out and you're like, 
Cool. Make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy stuff. Well, uh, let's get let's dive right in. And Ryan, I wanna uh, you obviously were at BYU Alumni Day yesterday and you mentioned the fact that Kalani's trying to rebuild a lot yes. of that. Yeah, just bring everybody back. Yeah. And there was um I saw pictures of guys like uh, Chris Pella, for example. Yes. Longtime Lavelle Edwards assistant. He was there yesterday. Oh yeah, Chris is amazing. He recruited what is one was one of the first guys that recruited me okay. um, came out to my house in, in Northern California. That mm-hmm. was his his area at the time, and um, and he's still very lucid. And I I don't even know how old, old he is now, but <laughs> yeah. but um, I walked up to him and said hi. And you know we always just have that thing because I was one of he was one of my first contacts with BYU. Yeah. Now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let Michelle weigh in on this as well. It's something I feel like Kalani has picked up a little bit off what Kyle Whittingham has done. Kyle's been very good at Utah about being okay. Let's get the alumni back here and let yes. them like both embrace the current crop mm-hmm. of athletes, but at the same time, remember, hey, this is this is your home. Like you built relationships here that are gonna last forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my input on yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. I just want your thought because you 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 cover Utah very closely. Yeah, yeah. Uh I it's you know what? It's really nice to see BYU getting back to that as well. Mm-hmm. I I've I have friends that I mean, obviously, Hans, actually. Yeah. Like, Hans and I go clear back to ESPN 700. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in those days, you know, he kind of would lament about mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like we're wanted back. And uh, so to see that kind of shift and turn around and and have people feel welcome. Derek Stevenson was another one I yeah. talked to about mm-hmm. that. Um, I think it's just really cool because I, I know a bunch of – Former Utah guys um, dating clear back to the 80s and 90s, and they show up to everything. And so it means a lot to them. It means yeah. a lot to them to see the program that they help build continue to prosper and grow and move in a new direction. And for BYU and BYU's former players to also have that opportunity, like I just understand how much that means to yeah. them. And so I think it's great that we're starting to see that move back down south as well. Yeah. I mean, my take on it is, you know, we had Lavelle, obviously very close-knit mm-hmm. family situation. Um, then we, you know, jumped through a couple guys. You know, for, Croton was there for a pretty short time. Yeah. Um, but um, Bronco's just, um, you know, he just hit, he's just Bronco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guys that played for him are very close-knit. And oh, it's, yes. you know— he he created the family within the team, and he focused on that. And you know that's okay. Um, he just didn't go out of his way to, you know, do any anything else because mm-hmm. he was such a focused individual, and and that that's okay. Um, but it just kind of waned in the um, the relationship oh, yeah. aspect, and he had different things to focus on. You know, I, I think in some ways it's wrong for people to get too on him because he had his other other things you know, that he was focusing on. And it just, over the years, you know, it just became a little bit, you know, maybe awkward. He didn't really have opportunities for us to go down there. So, sure. um, so obviously as soon as um, Kalani came in, he's just such a Lavelle guy. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Um, and, and you can feel it and he may, he does a great job. Well, and that's the thing about this is it was fun yesterday because just to wander around and see just who was there. Like mm-hmm. Austin Collie was wandering around. Yes. I had a chance to chat with him for a second. And he's talking about the fact that like, a lot of those guys that were playing in last night's alumni game that didn't play last year said that they saw what happened in last year's yes. alumni game. And were like, no, nah, I'm going to be a part of that. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
No, it was it was that's it's just going to keep getting better. I mean, it was it was yeah. fun and and I love it because we want to be competitive. We want to show that hey, I can still throw it around and <laughs> catch it. But it, there's nothing more annoying than church ball guy that wants to and and you don't see that out there. People are just having fun. Um, no one's going to hurt anybody. Um, you know, every you know, there's people competitive, and we want to mm-hmm. show that our era was pretty good, and they want to show that. <laughs> but um, but it all, in the end, it's just a good time. It's a, it's just a and and everyone always comments about just walking on the field again is just such Correct. a you know, you know, such a euphoric yeah. um, feeling. Um, and they did some fun stuff this time, like. When I played, we didn't do the run on the field with the steam, and you know yeah. we we had to you know the run on the field thing, but um the, you know they did an announcements and um you know sometimes I think some of the old guys were like nah, that'd be fun to do so, <laughs> so I think they pulled that they they pulled that out of the bag this year and yeah. I, it'll just get better every year. Now, when it comes to the, just like the kind of embracing the past, because we were doing media interviews while they were doing the announcements of the alumni players coming out, uh-huh. and you could tell, I, I, oh yeah, they had guys doing it. Are you going to be playing in this game one day, Ryan? That's oh, my absolutely! I would have played this year, but you know, there's so many quarterbacks. <laughs> well, I, think- I don't feel bad, and also, you know, maybe the timing will be better last year. I, I've done some back work. I know. Recently, I was going and- to ask how physically because you had a back a surgery, correct? Uh, not. A, I mean, I had an ablation. Okay. You know that. Yeah. Stuff. I'm trying to avoid. You know the the, the major heavy duty yeah. stuff, and I think I I think I will. I I actually had a total knee done recently, and Jeez. you know just just some of the typical old old, um, old player injury stuff. But yeah. um, but the cool thing about being a quarterback is there's there's you just get a drop back and there's no rush, and it's, <laughs> it's the fun side. You know, I still have an arm, I can still throw it, so what, I'm ready to go. And that's what John Beck was talking. I said, "Okay, it was it was." Uh, Kevin Federick versus Max Hall last year. Yeah. It was the, the, the starters, quote unquote, were uh-huh. Ty Detmer and John Beck, and both of them essentially said, "Well, uh, we'll see who we handed off to next year in terms of like the headlining yeah. quarterback." So, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, Ty told me he's like, uh, "Hey, I might use you as a secret weapon if my shoulder doesn't feel good. <laughs> You're coming <laughs> off the field, you know." But I was like, "No, I didn't. I didn't bring anything to be on a field with." So. Well, and that's, that's the thing about this is Ty was throwing up 50 yards last night. Yeah. Wow. You don't lose your arm. He still got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you don't you lose your arm. I, You know, me and Dewey have a thing where we talked about – we had a contest back when we played about um, how far we could throw a ball. And um, and we were, you know, messing around with if you come back, we're going to do that contest again. But <laughs> he got – Stuck on a plane or something. I, he didn't make it back yesterday. So, oh. um, but uh, but I could tell he was watching um, <laughs> and wishing he he was coming out. So wish, wishing he was here. I I mean, talk a little bit more about what it's like seeing these guys because I've heard it from the Utah end. But what what's it like on the BYU end? Not seeing these guys forever and then kind of being put together and is it just like things click like you had never left oh absolutely um of course your teammates are all other ones you're, you're looking for but you know Kalani you know made a good point also this and I and I saw people really making more of an effort to you know meet guys from other generations mm-hmm. um other teams um because we really are a, a family as a whole and um 
and I met a couple guys that I hadn't met before. Um, of course, we recognize faces and mm-hmm. and you know the stars kind of go, oh, there's that, you know, I, I you know that's that's so and so. And but but um, you know, athletes have their pride, and they're like, <laughs> you know, who's going to come up the trees? You know, but, yeah. but but we all, you know, it's 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 fun. I I, I met a few guys um, that I hadn't talked to before. Um, I met I, I I talked to Dennis Pitt Pitta for a minute, and um, of course. You know, it's just crazy. I, you, you just when when you're as old as me, you're like, you know, I these these guys were like in grade school, if that, when I played. So, well, current or, or players weren't born, even not was, born. Current players wouldn't even been born. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, and, and it doesn't feel that long ago. Sure, yeah. For me, I'm like it. Every time I go back there, it feels like yesterday, honestly. Um, and so, you know, then I go. Oh, that was 30 years ago. Shoot. <laughs> okay, and remind me, the years you played were 91? I, I, 90 was my first oh, 90, year. Okay. The, the fall of 90. Oh, so Ty um, Detmer's Heisman Trophy yes. campaign. Okay, great. Yeah, the fall, fall of 90 was my my first year, my redshirt year. Uh-huh. Then my freshman year, um, 91 was when Ty um, uh, was a senior. Okay. Um, and they brought in a lot of quarterbacks. Um, I was just in that group to kind of hopefully find a – a successor, sure. Um, and then '92 was the year that I played. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem that long ago, but that's it is 30, <laughs> yeah. 30 years in the past. Yeah, yeah they creep up on you. <laughs> well, and Kate, so now with regards to the future for BYU, uh-huh. it's the Big Twelve, and I've talked with enough guys from your generation of BYU players, even going back. I've, I've got an old neighbor of mine who played for Lavelle in the '70s. He was uh-huh. one of the first groups to come in and play for Lavelle. He has talked about his dream. So that's 50 years back. And yeah. he's talked about his, his dream was always to see BYU playing at the highest level of football. Certainly. In the 70s and 80s, they were able to compete at that level because it was a different format. And they obviously won that national title in 84. Sure. But he talked about the fact that after that, he said it's been kind of locked. They've been locked out of playing at that top level. And, but now yeah. they're going into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. For you as an alum, how big of a deal is this? Oh, it's huge. Um you know, we got to dabble into those places when we'd have a couple fun non-conference games. Um, you know, I got I got to play at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. We had Penn State come into our house. Um, so we got to see the big boys, and um, typically we got to sneak up on them a few times. Yeah. Um, but you always were, um, you know, you kind of were, I don't know, not stood back by any means, but... Typically, you can tell the difference in the athletes um, when you go against, um, you know, those those upper levels. Yeah. Um, and and that that really is what stood apart. And, and you, yeah, you want to be considered one of the best. And um, and that just gives you the opportunity to do it on a week in, week out basis. Um, and so that's that's what we want to strive. Um, you know, I don't know if it's just it's obviously not even just BYU. I think it's just being, a, a, you know, from this area and you know, not get feeling like you get the respect from the East Coast and um, just having the opportunity to, you know, play with the big boys, really. Well, that's that's the interesting part about this is I think you have said essentially what everybody else has said is like it's finally an opportunity to see them week in and week out get that opportunity. Because yeah. it, 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 you can go back to BYU history and they've played their fair share of Certainly. big games. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they sneak up every so often on somebody who overlooks them and they, they nip them. And that's, yeah. that's the thing about it is you go and get like an Oklahoma in 08, for example. Absolutely. And you talk about Penn State, talk about Notre Dame. Was that in 90? When was Notre Dame for you? Guys? 92. 92, um, okay. That was the first time we played them. Um, and it was at their place, of course. Okay. Um, 
Rick Meyer, Jerome Bettis, you know, they, that was, that was a big, um, big, big deal. Um, and, um, and a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to be the interesting part is just to see this. And we'll talk more about this as today's show progresses. Like kind of what you think that the, well, actually I'll, I'll talk to you right now. We got a minute sure. here. Yeah. What do you think BYU needs to do right now to be competitive? Absolutely build depth. Okay. Um, because the front level is ready for it, I think. Okay. Um, it's it's just depth. Um, and building confidence uh, on the whole team, uh, mm-hmm. within the whole program, um, and, you know, making sure that everyone b- believes and buys into the, you know, we're ready for this um, <laughs> you know, mentality. Um, I, I, I truly believe we do, but one thing is a couple guys go down and, you know, doubts start flying pretty quick. Um, and you want to avoid that. You want to have the depth. So there's just people ready to stand to, to step in. And, you know, I, that's, that's what I see. I, I think just building depth is, is key. Absolutely. I would absolutely agree. <laughs> having having again watched and we've yeah. talked about this a lot. I think that's what I keep saying all the time is mm-hmm. it's the depth part is the surprising part. Your uh-huh. ones probably can compete with just about anyone. It's yeah. it's once you start getting into October and November mm-hmm. that you start kind of clenching your teeth and and really <laughs> having to dig deep for for the first couple of years. Yeah. Um I want to go back to you mentioned playing some of the big boys it sparked something uh-huh. um that i haven't thought about in a little while uh so when i worked with the stallions i worked with lamar thomas who was wide receiver, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. With, with miami right? with miami yeah. and he talked about all the time uh being so mad going down to provo i think it was 91 mm-hmm. and and Losing to you guys. Yeah. What do you remember from that game? Oh, what I remember is actually, I think it was it was it was ninety actually. Was it ninety? Yeah, it was ninety because it was my first. That was your I think first it was even game? before school started. Um, so I was a red shirt freshman, okay. um, and it was so early that I actually didn't even get a suit up. <laughs> and so we were up in the canyon um, uh, doing something. I think at Vivian Park or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and a couple of the other football players that were redshirt freshmen, okay, um, scholarship guys, and you know, you know, we we uh, didn't get to go to the pregame stuff, and so we weren't going to be on the sidelines. Um, but uh, um, we, the game was like early evening, I think, um, and we got stuck in traffic in the canyon, oh, no. um, trying to get to the game, and oh. we actually <laughs> barely got there for kickoff, and luckily, um. Uh, as a player, you have to go through a special entrance, and and we were it was our first time going to a game, so we didn't know really the whole procedure, and we were worried that like Lavelle would find out that we were late <laughs> and stuff, and we were panicked, um, but but we did get into the stadium for uh, the start of the game, and um, and wow, uh, yeah, crazy memories, um, you know that was just a pretty magical game, one of those games that you just feel it in the air, sure, and, and feel it feel it. You know, everyone I'm sure that attended that game felt it. Um, it was just pretty magical, um, and um, you know, I think uh, a lot of people can relate. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of people that that have been around a football program um, and or been to a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, the the stadium just has a different feel, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was one of those games. Well, okay. 
we'll talk more of BYU football, but coming back, I want to talk a little baseball with you because sure. you, you've played at the highest levels of baseball. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about your background. We'll get your thoughts on MLB opening up with yeah. some new rules, obviously, <laughs> yeah. uh, changing the game. We'll get to all that. It's coming up next right here on the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, and Ryan Hancock, former BYU pitcher slash quarterback, uh, sitting with, in with us today. And Ryan, uh, I think most people know this about you, but you played at BYU from 90 to 92 playing uh, football, but you were also playing baseball at the same time. Yeah. Um, when I was getting recruited by schools, um, I basically told them, I said, you know, just know that I'm going to be playing baseball as well. Uh-huh. So um, we got to fit that in, and hopefully, uh, you know, you have a a good base baseball program also. So, <laughs> so I got interest from a lot of baseball, football places. Sure. Um, and uh, but you know, I I always definitely leaned a little bit towards BYU with mm-hmm. my history and background. I'm, sure. My father played, and um, I was a fan that you know watched in the stake center 10 year old on the <laughs> okay. satellite you know um but um but i was you know very interested in a lot of other schools too i i had an open mind i took a recruiting visit with coach mcbride and uh even dabbled in that so you never well, knew i didn't what. know that you, yeah you know mac yeah I, I i yeah he he they recruited me at the same time and um that was back when uh dan henson was uh um you know that his son drew okay uh, you know he was p- part of the staff and he recruited me and came out and, and i went on a recruiting visit to university of utah also for a weekend back when it was the whole weekend thing where you got five visits and <laughs> all these unofficial visit things that go on now are totally it's it was a way different game there yeah. uh, back then it was all about your five visits before that february 2nd or whatever you know that first tuesday signing period and now there's just a million different things and so complicated but um but uh yeah i got to go i i think i went we went skiing uh when i came up to uh Ski, yeah, yeah. that's not happening this yeah. day. Uh-uh. there's <laughs> yeah. too much too much money at stake yeah. there <laughs> no it was it was fun yeah okay so i wanted to ask you about this because as a dual sport athlete in college to balance both of those along with being a student obviously how difficult was that you know <laughs> I honestly, I hear all the stories about people. It wasn't that hard. Okay. I, I'm not a genius by any means. I'm not a super <laughs> smart dude. I somehow pulled off a three-something GPA, but um, it, it wasn't that hard. I mean, we have so much help okay. as an athlete. If you're just a mature kid and you get your schoolwork turned in, it, it, that same thing happens in in college. You know, I just learned that, don't get behind, turn on all your assignments, show up to class, you're going to pass. Okay. <laughs> That's how it works, you know? And, you know, maybe, maybe I was 
smart enough. I, it just wasn't that hard. I, I, I really didn't struggle that much. I don't remember doing tons of homework on the road and people talk. I think BYU has definitely gotten tougher academically since okay. then. Not that it was easy then. Mm-hmm. We, I still had to do the crazy American heritage class and f- physical science <laughs> That that everyone fails <laughs> and biology one hundred and uh, Kalani was making a joke about that the other day. It was kind of funny, but um, the same classes. You know, we took all the same classes, but I mean, we had tutors to help us, and um, you know, there's, you know, I hate to see that excuse come up. Uh, yeah. I it was a little crazy during spring baseball and spring uh, spring football, but Lavelle was really cool about it. I I got to miss all the drudgery of spring football i got to uh like early um in the week is when i went to football and later in the week when we had our weekend game series is when i was with baseball the, i would say the harder part of that was um just the transition between throwing a football and throwing a baseball um you kind of have a little bit different mechanics um so my control was a little bit off and it, it was always easy to go from baseball to football okay um throwing you know I can always throw a football, but baseball is a lot more intricate with your hand placement and mechanics. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little bit difficult, um, that that part of it for that, what, three weeks maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, I don't know. I enjoyed the challenge of as far as academics and, and school and playing and, um, and all that. Uh, you know, um, it, it, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing with me. Um, no, I but but I but I understand. Um, some people get more stressed about out about school. For me, it was just, just get it done and we'll be fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, on where where did your love of sports originally start? Since you were a two sport guy, was uh-huh. it football? Was it baseball? Was it something else? Um, you know what? I actually, I mean, I always loved throwing stuff. Um, so, okay. you know, baseball, obviously. So I have hope could, for my son who loves yeah. to throw everything in my house? Chucking things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Chucking things is, was my deal. Um, so, of course, I was the kid, you know, recessed that they always played quarterback. And, okay. um, but the thing is, in California, Pop Warner football, which is basically the same thing as Little League football mm-hmm. here, it was always on Sundays. So... Me being LDS, parents, no, we're not doing stuff on Sundays. So I just never really got into tackle football. Okay. Um, it wasn't as political as it is now, like in, in in Utah, where you have to be on the team and if you even want to get considered um, once you get to the high school level. So I was just like, you know, I won't play, you know, I don't need to play tackle football. As soon as high school starts, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just come out for the team and be quarterback. And, um, and but I was a bigger kid. I was already like six foot as a freshman. Um, oh, so um, so basically, um, they wanted me to be like a linebacker. I'm like, no, I want to play quarterback. <laughs> and so, but I started. I think my first couple of games, I was like a linebacker. Um, but I was like a backup quarterback. But but it didn't take very long before I was, um, you know, the guy. Um, I played. Uh, didn't play varsity. Um, until my junior year um, okay. because it was a lot more freshman team, sophomore team than, you know, in my area. Um, and, you know, I didn't really get an opportunity to prove my ability to, to throw because we, we didn't really have a passing offense. Um, but by my junior year, we did. And because we had a few guys that could throw and a few guys that could catch. And, 
we just, you know, took off from there. But I, I loved um, football. Uh, it was, you know, I loved the contact. I loved the fact that I was a little bigger than most of the people <laughs> and could move a little bit. Um, so, um, so uh, you know, my whole line was smaller than I was. But, um, but uh, you know. Your I was, entire offensive line was smaller than you. Uh, no, I, yeah, there was maybe one guy that was heavier than me. I was 6'2", 205. Okay. Um, you know, as a sophomore. Gotcha. So, um and by my junior year, I was, you know, maybe 210, 215. And, you know, um, my, I don't think any of my linemen were wow. over 200. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So. <laughs> well, cause I, we've, Scott Mitchell, who hosts Unrivaled here, I've done a show with him, and he talked about the fact that when he played at Springville High yeah, School. Right, yeah. And he had this exact same thing happening. He uh-huh. said, I'm bigger than everybody else on that football field. And uh-huh. it kind of changed. He said, in his mind, he said, changed his dynamic of you're, you're the quote big man on campus like literally in sure. that in that yeah. sense but then he said you get to the next level and it's finally like okay everybody's my size or bigger so then it's like it changes a little bit yeah in a way it was like oh this is fun these guys are actually bigger than me um <laughs> you know i you know finally i don't have to be running around and um uh, yeah it, it it it's a different dynamic um uh you know i like i said we didn't play both ways mm-hmm. um uh so i was you know, I I did play a little bit of safety, um, but uh, but yeah, I I always wanted to be a quarterback. So was baseball just a natural just addition for like you do something in the spring? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I also played basketball actually okay. in high school. I didn't play my senior year because by that time um, I probably would have, but uh, we had, had a coach that wasn't a lot of fun. It's kind of into just running and you know we. I ended up just playing football and baseball my my senior year, but um, but uh, you know I just like to mix it up. I, I there were different things about both sports that I loved and um, knew I wanted to pursue both. Um, was actually six, successful from a pretty young age in baseball, and they didn't have all the club stuff back then. But mm-hmm. um, but I got invited to play with older guys, and um, I always wanted to challenge myself and play against the best I could, and um, and um. But I, but as far as football, we, you know, I just did a little bit of passing league stuff here and there. They didn't have all the development stuff back then either. And I was right there in the Bay Area where you would think, um, you know, it would, it, it was somewhat of a hotbed, I guess you could say, of talent. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but I mean, things have changed so much. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, the um, sports specialization stuff has gotten so huge. Um, um, however, uh, people are starting to realize that it is very advantageous to do a couple different sports, I think. so. Absolutely. Uh, now, so I want to talk about your t- – you made the decision to go into baseball at BYU. You, yes. you had a pretty devastating knee injury. Uh-huh. Uh, what pushed you to say, you know what, I'm going to go after baseball full-time now? Well, um, you know, I that was not the plan um, <laughs> by any means. Sure. Uh, I love football. You you, you can't um, recreate the rush of being in a stadium of 60,000 people um, and really having – I mean, you control the game as a pitcher, but mm-hmm. it's such a thinking sport versus kind of a adrenaline sport that mm-hmm. football is. Um, and so, you know, I was very attracted to football as well, obviously. Um, and, you know, I wanted to – push that as far as I could. But once I had that, that knee injury and the timing of it was right before my first draftable season in baseball. Um, it. it happened okay. in November, last game of the season. Um, 
you know, uh, and so the timing was obviously not ideal. And, and so I just had to prove that, uh, you know, I could get back on the, the diamond as quick as possible. I had an, an ACL reconstruction and, and was able to pitch, but kind of took the choice out of my hands as far as I was hoping to sign professionally that, that draft and then come back for another year at BYU because people were starting to recognize me as an NFL prospect. Like okay. Kuiper rate, rate, rated me to be the second quarterback taken my senior year. If no I big were to deal. Play out, yeah, <laughs> that was back when Kuiper was like just starting out. He was the only guy doing okay. doing um doing you know those projections. Um, and so you know I I had the you know visions of of that was right when Dion was starting to dabble in two sports. I knew as a quarterback there was no way you're going to do two sports professionally, <laughs> but. Um, I had, you know, there were people like Danny Ainge that had played a professional sport while they were in college. Um, like, you know, he signed with the Blue Jays. And mm-hmm. so I knew that I could try that. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I was supposed to be a first round draft pick before my knee injury. Um, and l- luckily I was able to get back out on the mound and only slip to the second round. And once that happened, um, that was a huge blessing because a lot of people didn't think I'd recover that fast um but i did um and i was you know like a it was pretty awesome to be able to get drafted that that june um by the angels um in the major league draft in the second round however of course they put the stipulation if you want to sign with us there's no more football (laughs) um because uh you know the acl stuff now had i not had the injury they wouldn't have had that angle got it you know so i probably would have come back and been able to you know see where you know maybe come out a year early for the nfl um but um those choices kind of disappeared um that summer when i was waiting negotiating with my 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 agent the angels were kind of playing hardball with you know the the, what they were going to pay me and Mm -hmm. and and i did for a minute start to think about coming back because you know that that would have put me at like nine ten months i was for an acl that was a possibility um but um they came through and and i had to give up baseball i mean had to give up football which um was tough and i would love to have two lives to see what could have happened but (laughs) but um didn't work out that way i learned a lot um recovering from an acl injury as a lot of people will relate uh it's very humbling experience and and uh you much mature a lot um i'm a different player because of it i pro- didn't throw as hard after that i don't know if it was because of the injury it probably was um but uh it is what it is <laughs> i interestingly enough utah's current quarterback right now yes. cam rising's going through an acl mm-hmm. you know having gone through that process and especially Back in a time where it dictated your career choice Absolutely. a lot more uh, than it maybe would now, what what kind of advice would you give to someone like him? Um, shoot, uh, you know he's been he's had some other injuries he's already co- overcome, um, but um, you know I he'll definitely overcome this injury. He'll he'll be okay. Um, um, I would just say you know don't push it. Um, you know make sure that that you're you're ready to go when you are, if you, if he, and I think he definitely, everyone has aspirations to play at the next level. Um, I don't think he needs to have a full season to um, show what he can do. Um, everyone already knows he definitely um, 
has the mental side down and the leadership side down. He's an unbelievable leader. Um, and that's a big part of being an, an attractive um, piece to an NFL team, especially at quarterback. Um, so he just needs to show that, um, you know, once he does get back to 100% that he is an, an NFL caliber talent. So I would say, um, you know, don't uh, get out there and risk anything until it's it's fully ready to go because, um, um, you know, if if you get out there and hurt it again, it just – that's 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 rough. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I'm I'm sure he's getting that advice. Um, um, and um, yeah, he, I I don't worry about about Cam Rising. You know, he's he's proven his metal. Um, he's a smart guy, um, and um, he's going to do the right, the best thing for himself. Okay, with regards to that, when because you said you you're able to get back on the mound pretty quick and be able to pitch. Yes. Mm-hmm. How much of a mental hurdle? I mean, we, me and Michelle have talked about this. The mental hurdle of when you have your knee go out on you like like that. Well, I will tell you, um, it would be different for football, sure, because you're you can take a hit at that, at, you know, at any point. In baseball, yeah. it was more about just feeling strong. You don't have to worry about um, being strong and getting tackled at the yeah. same time. So, um, so that's why you know I was. Shoot, I was throwing in January after a surgery, you know, at the end of November. November. Wow. You know, I could throw. Um, I wasn't pushing off the mound yet. Uh By February, I was pushing off the mound. Um, um, And then March, I didn't make my debut in a live game until um, I think it was May. Okay. Um, But um, it really just took a couple games of me throwing in front of scouts um in games later in that season where i was hitting the 90s again where they they um had um you know the confidence that i was draftable and and would but i did have to pitch with um and with um a brace on which wasn't ideal um but uh um you know i did that for my first season and with the angels i pitched with the brace um you know, I I want to say that it was never a metal uh, a mental uh, hurdle for me because um, I felt like I you do so much rehab and you're you go my leg's stronger than it was before. Okay, but um, I d- would say that um, it's different for an athlete that's out cutting and doing. I had to do be able to feel the a bunt and stuff and you know i'd have to still move around sure but it's a very controlled movement in baseball <laughs> um versus football um so i'm sure there's more of a mental um hurdle um when you're doing something that has a lot more um movement and such um it would be tough it, it really would be because i didn't ever throw as hard um after my i was throwing mid 90s um to upper 90s before my ACL, and I only hit that a couple times in my professional career after that. Okay. So, um, but I did learn to be a smarter pitcher. Um, but yeah, as far as baseball, uh, I mean football, um, it, it would definitely be be a hurdle. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just something you just have to. Um, you're, you're telling yourself it's almost like you don't even want to think about it, uh-huh. but the fact that you're not thinking about it, you're thinking about it. You know, it's okay. just 
it's it's a different thing and it's gonna be there um you know for some people it's going to be harder than others it's just a case by it can be a case by case but it's definitely a challenge that i guess that, that's the interesting thing you mentioned the fact that like, you feel like it's stronger in a way we had joe oh, yeah. was on with dj and pk leading up to the bucks game this goes back a week or so and yeah he, he was 10 months after his ACL, and he said, guys, at some point, you're just rehabbing to rehab. Yeah. It's what he told DJ and P. He's like, I'm, I'm just going to get out there and play and see how yeah. it goes. So, yeah, I, I heard that injury, uh, <laughs> that interview. Yeah, I, um, yeah I, I, I can relate. You you just you kill it <laughs> in rehab, especially when, I mean, especially as an athlete. You sure. know, they're, they're, they want to get you way past what, you know, your common – you know, day-to-day person is obviously so. Very cool. All right, coming up next, we're going to get to technical fouls. I don't know how – I think you're pretty yes. familiar with this I've, format. Yeah. Uh, we'll fun. have some fun with that. <laughs> uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, I do want to get to Major League Baseball and kind of what you think is going to happen sure. uh, with with the sport. We'll also get us back to some BYU talk. Ryan Han- Hancock sitting in with uh, Michelle and I right here on the Saturday Show. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Time now for technical fouls, and most of our listeners are familiar with this, where we reward people for behaving badly in sports. It's a holdover. This goes back. Like This segment on this show predates me hosting this show. Let's just put it that way. It's that old, and it's been around for a while. Uh, but let's start off with one's more serious than the other. So I'm going to start off with the fun one. We'll get to the more serious one here in a moment. So I'm going to have Christian uh, lay this out for us. I think most people have seen this on social media, but Michelle apparently had not. I had not. So go ahead. So long story short, you said it was a, a Dodgers? Dodgers game, yeah. Okay, so was that a Dodgers it was game? It opening, opening, opening day. day. Yeah, opening day. Opening night. day yeah. at you know a Dodgers game. This fan, uh, a, a man, he jumps over the outfield the barrier wall. in yeah. the outfield. He runs into the outfield in the grass, turns around, gets on his knee, pulls out a ring, proposes to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the crowd's cheering. Everybody's loving it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a security guard cleans his clock, <laughs> takes his head off while the man is still on his knee proposing <laughs> To uh, his girlfriend, I saw a follow-up post. She said yes. Okay, good. Um, the, the post was happy. You know, he's he's smiling. I'm sure he got. You know, I don't know if he was arrested, but does he, he, have, does he, he had, had broken ribs. ribs. He'll get arrested. Yeah. Uh, In the it, picture I saw, his face was kind of all. You know, his face was like rubbed into the grass, so he kind of had oh. some some turf burn. Oh. Um, so his face was a little bruised, but. The fiance, she was smiling, holding up the ring, and uh, they looked happy. So that's a, a memorable proposal yeah, for who, sure. Who gets the technical foul though? Was it the guy for doing it, or the guy that hit him so hard? I don't know. Man, I <laughs> would say the guy. You gotta know you can't do well, that. No. Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, yeah, you know you you're don't gotta ask for permission. Exactly. Because here's the thing: my brother proposed to his wife at a jazz game, and I got I, I actually made a phone call, and we were at the jazz working at the jazz arena at the time, and I helped facilitate that. They wouldn't let us do it on the court in game so I, I he just did it in the stand but yeah. i i asked permission before that I had, sure. I had another my best friend from high school got uh proposed to his girlfriend at mid-court in the jazz arena it was a non-game day and i called mm-hmm. security and said hey my buddy's gonna come and go right on ahead 
you got to know, like, you can ask for yeah. permission. Just don't be like, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to sneak on. <laughs> I'm going to jump out of the stands. <laughs> I'm going to trot out into the outfield. I'm going to flip around. Like, <laughs> it's funny because there's that saying that sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness sure. than it is for... But that's that's yeah. that doesn't apply here. No, I, I don't think he was expecting to get crushed, but I think he knew he was going to get arrested. Oh, you're, you're, you're getting trespassing charges. Yeah, there's no doubt about For that. Sure. Okay, I'm glad that she said yes. Like it worked out in the end. I just you, you got to know at that point. Yeah. Like, you're you're going to take you're you're well. Okay, he did get hit pretty hard. I gotta say, like we've seen a lot of other fans that have run on the fields, football, uh, et cetera, that have been just kind of bear-hugged and, like, dragged away. Yeah. I don't know if the security guard's a former football player, but it was it was a hell of a hit, I got to say. Like, <laughs> yes. He came, like, probably would have been targeting in college football, like, because he got him yeah, pretty good. I'm going to have to go check this out. If Yeah, you got to find It's so funny because it's, you know, the – the guy on his knee is perfectly oh, in frame. Yeah. Then just out of nowhere, yeah. like you have no idea that <laughs> yeah. the security is coming. As out of nowhere, bam, yeah. the, the security guard just flies in like yeah. he's a, oh, a safety. Yeah, I hope the, that he didn't lose his ring. <laughs> well, okay, and that's that was my question as well because you open that up and they're they're pretty secure in those boxes. Yeah. But the hit he took, I'm like. What if that ring went flying? Like, it was a Charlie Brown moment. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. the grass on those major league fields is fairly short, and you know this, Ryan. Like, yeah. it, they're they're immaculate mm-hmm. with the field conditions and everything. I'm just afraid that I'm just, I want that ring to, like, diamond to pop loose or I something know. like that. Yeah. It proved its worth <laughs> if it made it through that, that hit. Absolutely. All right, Michelle, where are we going next? Okay. So, normally we have fun with this. Yeah. Uh, but it, it felt like this was a great time to just kind of bring up, reemphasize, rehash. Uh, this week, ESPN and ESPN Plus mm-hmm. previewed a documentary about the Lauren McCluskey case. Um, Lauren McCluskey was murdered by a boyfriend on the University of Utah campus. She was a track star up at the University of Utah. Um, and everything that could have been handled wrong in that case was handled wrong, not just by the university. Um, and I'm not excusing what happened at the university level like they were wrong they were absolutely wrong and they deserve every bit of criticism that they get for this uh but i think the most disturbing part was all the things that happened outside of the university level that could have prevented this uh including people that had information on this guy Mm -hmm. and just sat on it i i mean i don't know how you can be an employer and hear that this guy was stalking his girlfriend, mm-hmm. extorted her for money, and I know that she's told the police, so can I please just kind of quit <laughs> so I can, like, avoid being arrested and you don't contact the police after knowing that, being yeah. told that? Just So my whole thing is we got to be better about not being so apathetic when we're told things or when something seems off and not right. And that goes for both men and women because I've had an instance where I've alerted people over a male student athlete okay. about something that sounded a little sketch and creepy going on with them. Uh, and I've done it with female employees as well when I've been in charge of things. It's just, It's just when something's wrong or doesn't sound right, that's not the time to sit on your hands and go, oh, that sounds really sad, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, yeah. You, 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 go ahead, Ryan. No, no. I was just going to say, like, 
here's the thing. Speak up. Like, you know something. You know when things have crossed the line. And, and I, I actually know what you're talking about. I'm like, how is this person not being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a call and make sure that everything, because like, can you just let me go so I don't get, like, really? Like, you don't think something's up with this. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't feel wrong to you at all. That's not concerning at all to you. That yeah. doesn't raise a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's such an easy thing to do to make a phone call and just make sure that things are straight. Yeah. Well, the Lauren McCluskey thing, it's just, it, it's a really sad deal. And I, by the way, in some ways, I'm actually appreciative to ESPN for exposing more information on it in a way. I don't know if you agree with that, Michelle, but like, it's yes. nice to hear them reveal more of the overall story, if that makes sense. Oh, it's it's so important. And we should be having those conversations more than we do and a lot more openly than we do. And I mean, the fact of the matter is I've had scary. I've been I'm in sure. a car with my friend with an abusive boyfriend before. Like, I mean, we've all had and been around scary situations that could have gone so bad and so south uh, it, it, this is not an uncommon thing, mm-hmm. but we kind of treat it like it's uncommon. Yeah, well, oh, that situation's heartbreaking. That's the thing about it. Is it, it completely changes the whole, I don't know. I think we can all be better from that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But speak up. I mean, you, you know, and Ryan, you can probably agree, that, like, you know when things have crossed the line. Yeah, I mean – Put the information out there. Yeah. Um, let people know because we learn from history. Okay. I mean, th- it, but if there's no history, <laughs> there's no information, no one's going to know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't agree with Michelle Moore. I mean, put it out there. Let someone know. Um, you know, trust your instincts. Um, mm-hmm. But um, being quiet about it, um, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, you you got to, you got to, you know trust your your instincts and and let people know absolutely all right well we will uh, come back on the other side uh major league baseball has really changed how a lot of people are gonna think are going to perceive this sport and ryan obviously since you pitched at that level you can speak better to this than almost anybody we probably could have had in studio we'll get to that next we'll also talk some more BYU football as today's saturday show prog- uh, continues our progresses right here on 97.5 fm the ksl sports zone a gun in the face Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.